0: We're so glad that you joined us today for this podcast from Bishop Quentin Moore and the Father's House in Hutchinson, Kansas. God loves you and wants the best for you, and we want to hear what God is doing in your life. Share your story with us by sending an email to mystory@fathershouse.net. If you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so at fathershouse.net slash give. Just select the option that works for you. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message.
1: You got your Bibles this morning? Did you come for a word? Did you come to hear the word? You know, one word from God can change your life. I'm serious. You're one word away. I always tell people I buy a new Bible every year because you're one Bible away from a revival. Uh-huh. i 'm very very serious. I see people and they still carry the same old Bible, and they come up and they show to me, and they 're how proud they are. they marked it up and I say, "Yeah, you go back and read your old notes. You need a new Bible. you need God to say something fresh to you than what he did thirty eight years ago you, you You need a new word from the I got a, some of you going you anything I know I know I get it i didn 't tell you to throw the old one away. I told you to read a new one <laughs> i didn't tell you you had to get rid of it you know <laughs> Uh, I'm going to steal that from you. I got that all over my hands. So, uh, last week I started talking to you uh, about the interpretation of life. How you how you interpret a situation is more important than the situation itself. I don't know if if many of you are old enough to remember. You remember Apollo thirteen. Apollo 13 was like the seventh shot of the Apollo spacecraft. It was supposed to land on the moon. It would have been a third one, land on the moon. They didn't get very far out of the atmosphere of the earth, and you heard these words, Houston, we have a problem, right? And the story of how that crew of men were able to come back into the earth and land, it's a great story about how that team worked together to bring them back into orbit. I, I've, I've jokingly several times in my life gone, Houston? <laughs> we have a problem. <laughs> have you ever had that feeling? Uh, look, we got, we, got a, we got a bit of a problem here. See, it's not the problem, it's the way you interpret the problem that really matters. It's the way you imagine the outcome of the problem that matters. Most people, have their, their imaginations go nuts when they're faced with a certain set of circumstances. And last week I used Genesis 45 verses 5 and 6 and Joseph, the the boy of many colors, was sold into slavery at the abuse of his family. He was lied about by his employer, so to speak, and he's put in prison. And and all of a sudden years later he's standing there as the prime minister of Egypt and the people that sold him into slavery are dropped in front of him and he said, well you sent me into slavery. You sold me into slavery because God sent me here for your preservation. Two ways of looking at your life. You you, you were sold or you were sent. If you know that your life has meaning and a purpose and and that God is working in you and there's a reason why you're married to who you're married to, there's a reason why you're in Kansas, there's a reason why God's work. If you know you have a purpose and a plan and a meaning then when situations occur in your life you go, well, God sent me. You sold me but God sent me. Two ways of interpreting the same situation. Right now I think is a big time in in the world today if you don't understand that for such a time as this, that you and I are alive in 2020 and, 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 and we're here for a reason and a purpose. We're not here just to survive 2020. We're not here just to get through this election. We're not here just to, we're here for a reason. And if you can see that and interpret your life as being important, interpret your life as having meaning and value, then you'll be able to look at the situations in your life and walk through them. How you interpret the situation, how you, I I laughed last week, I need help interpreting Annie's looks. She gives me these looks and I need help, right? Because if I misinterpret it, have you ever missed, you know, never mind. I need help interpreting my life. I'm glad you speak in tongues. You need to pray that you can interpret we need to pray right now that we could interpret properly what's going on in our world. Uh, you don't need a motivation sermon. Uh, uh, go on YouTube. Tony Robbins is still on there. You can replay Tony all day long. You don't need motivational speakers. We need prophets that can interpret what's taking place right now. We, we need a prophetic unction. We, we don't need cheerleaders. We don't need motivational speakers. We need somebody that has the ability to see and to understand the times and to speak to those times. That's your job. My friends, every one of you rub shoulders with people out in the world and they're frustrated and they're concerned and they need the church to interpret what's going on. Uh, I'm here to tell you the one of the blessings of COVID is the church is changing. The church is changing. She will never be the same again. The people of God are changing. People that have not appreciated a prophetic are going to appreciate the prophetic. People that didn't even know they needed prophetic are going to want prophetic. People that didn't want the Holy Spirit are going to want the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, it's not going to be play church anymore. We're going to need God to give us insight into today, into tomorrow. I've lived the last six months in certain places. You need wisdom every day when you get up. You need, to, you need to know what to do every day when you get up. You need to understand what's going on when you get up. If you don't, so I want to build on that this morning. I'm going to go to 1 Peter chapter 5, and I'm going to use these verses the next several weeks. 1 Peter chapter 5, it's a familiar scripture, verse 6. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. This is a moment for us to humble ourselves. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, if my people will humble. This is a moment to realize we don't know. This is a moment to recognize, I don't know what to do. This is a moment to recognize we haven't got the answers, that these issues that we're facing are bigger than us. This is a moment to recognize that we need God. We need the hand of God moving in our lives. We need the presence of God. Humble thyself under the mighty hand of God and He will exalt you in due time. You do have to understand Peter is writing this. This is the dude that says I'll never leave you. Those other jerks may fail you but I never will. Those other jerks don't know what's going on. And and Peter's the one that denied him three times, right? And now he's going, admit it. You don't have all the strength and the might inside of yourself. Casting the whole of your care, all of your anxiety, all of your worries, all of your concerns once and for all on him who cares for you affectionately and cares for you watchfully. This is a moment to go, God, I hand it to you. This is a moment to throw it onto God. This is a moment to say, I got this letter." He's like, I got this letter, but it's to you. It was addressed to me, but it was a misaddress. These cares that I have, these worries that I have, God, I'm your child, so they're yours. I'm going to hand them to you. Can I tell you, you're never going to be able to live through life right now if you think you can shoulder this stuff on your own. You can't shoulder life on your own right now. You need to hand it to the Lord. That's what faith really does—is it hands it to God. I'm not God. You're God. Let me cast. Some of you need to be throwing stuff right now. You need to be. I ain't taking it. You just need to be. Some of you need to get up and go home and get on the back deck and just throw some stuff and say, "I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be limited by this because I know I can trust in God." The Amplified version, verse eight says, "Be balanced." Mister Miyagi wrote that. Be balanced. Yoda would have said, Have the force. Some of you are going, What? Uh, Jesus said, Have peace. Peter said, Sober up. You're intoxicated on your own self. Sober up. Be at balance. Come to rest. Have peace. Uh, Be vigilant and cautious at all times for the enemy, the devil. Say the devil. Say the devil. See, one of, the, one of the real issues in Christian American ease is we have trouble realizing there is a devil. There's a devil. There's, I'm not paranoid, but that doesn't mean he's not after me. you get that in a minute. I'm not paranoid, but that does not mean there's not a devil that wants to hurt me. There is a devil that wants to hurt you. And, and Paul says you don't want to be ignorant of his devices. There is a devil, and he is scheming after you. He is setting traps for us. He said, the devil roars around like a lion. Say, he, he's got a big mouth. Does a lot of talking. Does a lot of tweeting. Does a lot of Facebooking. Does a lot of... He seeks whom he may devour. There's a reason why it's called a feed. There's a reason why it's called a Facebook feed. There's a reason why it's called a Twitter feed. It's because there is one who wants to eat you. Wants to feed on you. Do you know how many people I know are being devoured by Facebook? The enemy's roaring at them. People can sit at home and write anything they want to, say anything they want to, about anybody they want to, and there's no consequences to it. There is a roar of information, no wisdom. There's a roar of this communication that's going on, and no connection. No community. It's feeding. There is an enemy that roars. Can I tell you, people? I, I see people all the time. They're driving down the street. They ain't, they're breaking the law. Amen. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm telling them to arrest you. I'm telling them to arrest you. That's as bad as drunk driving. Next great addiction treatments are coming social media. You're going to see support groups for people who can't get off social media because you're addicted you're listening to the roar. You've got to figure out somebody liked me, didn't like me. I got to put my opinion on it. The, the devil goes around like a, Ugh! there's nothing. Nothing, not one thing, not one opinion out there that's godly. Not one. There's a roar. You can feel it. Don't misinterpret it as your friend. Because it is not. I use social media, I send pictures, I preach sermons, I do that. But I want you to understand, it is not my life. (laughs) I understand what it is. It is this roar that goes on that is in control of our culture. It's in control. It is so loud, you can't get away from it. It is is feeding, devouring. It's a scheme. Verse 9, no, don't be sorry, I asked you to. Verse nine: resist him, and he will flee. I woke up the other morning, the Lord saying, "If you don't recognize it, you can't resist it. If you don't recognize that that's the voice of a roar, you cannot resist it. There's not enough people like me going, "Wait a minute, you need to resist that. Put that in your diary. Resist responding. Resist sharing resist it. The only way you can starve it is not feed it. Just don't feed it. Don't give it anything. Take it back. Use it for what I think it was meant for and that's to send pictures of your grandkids to one another. (laughs) Say something motivational. Can I tell you something? Don't, 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 don't. You didn't respond. I don't pay attention. I treat that like I do everything else. If God wants me to know it, He'll bring it to me. And can I tell you, I was sitting at home that night watching the Chiefs head for the Super Bowl again. You're not, you're, come on, lighten up here. Get get. And this thing popped up and I I realized a friend of mine had died. But I'm telling you, I wasn't searching it to see it. If God wants you to see it, God will bring it through to you. am I, it's a roar. It's a roar. It's, it's devouring people. I'm watching it split families. I'm counseling people over what she said they said. I'm watching it rob people of their peace. I'm telling you I'm your pastor. I'm telling you I- I'm a prophet and I'm telling you it's dangerous. Be careful. If you use it properly, it's healthy. If you don't, it'll hurt. Oh, pastor, you're meddling. No, I'm, I'm really, I love you. I love you. Uh, I'm, I'm a prophet. So I'm going, whoa, wait a minute. Hold on a minute. It's a roaring lion. Resist it. Recognize what's going on. Take your mind back. Take your mind back for good sakes. Yeah, yeah, just, just step out of the drama for a moment. Let's, let's, I, I don't need other people interpreting life for me. I, I, I need to let the Holy Spirit interpret life for me. Okay, that's the foundation. Now I'm going to bounce. Moses had led his chil- the children of God for 38 and a half, 39 years. They have come up, and they're at, they're at the end, nearly at the end of their journey. And in Numbers chapter 20, verse 1, Then the children of Israel, the whole congregation, came to the wilderness of Zin in the first month, and the people stayed at Kadesh. And Miriam died there and was buried there. Now there was no water. Say no water. water. For the congregation. So they gathered together against Moses and Aaron. Listen, it it, it didn't say there's no Starbucks. It didn't say we ran out of toilet paper. I mean, we lose our minds over toilet paper. No, they're out of water. They're in a desert. They're going to die. This is serious. This is a deficiency. This is a lack of resources. If you come to a moment where you run out of water in the desert, you're in trouble. And when people run into the lack of resources, I get upset about that's not my toothpaste. Right? I mean, I get nervous about that's not the... But they ran out of water. This is a serious issue. And the people contended with Moses and spoke, saying, if only we had died... Have you ever had such a desperate deficit in your life that you just wished you were dead? You you just wished it is over. Uh, We just wish we'd die. It'd be better just to be dead than to be facing this deficit in our lives. When our brethren died before the Lord, why have you brought us the assembly of the Lord into the wilderness? We and our children and animals should die here. Why did you make us? I mean, when you have a deficit in your life, what you do is try to blame somebody. It's got to be somebody to blame for the deficit that's going on in my life. And when I say wilderness, there are many wildernesses. There are mental wildernesses. There are emotional wildernesses. There are physical wildernesses. There are financial wildernesses. Uh, Have you ever had a mental wilderness? You just couldn't find a good thought to save your life? Had an emotional wilderness? You couldn't get a good feeling? They're in a wilderness, and they know if they don't meet this need, they're going to die. We just wish we were dead. Do you know the suicide rates of America have gone up exponentially because people have hit a deficit of their emotions or of their mental ability to deal with the moments of this time and they're notice how quiet it gets because this is real truth. This is hostile crowd. They're mad. They're angry. They're blaming. Egypt was great, right? Egypt was great. Come on. You ever heard anybody say, in the good old days? Are you kidding, me? Every time you hit a deficit, it's about, well, in the old days, honey, I had some of those. I'm 62 years old. I remember the porta potty out. It wasn't even portable. It was wood. I remember Sears and Roebuck. You didn't read it twice. Good old days, my foot. See, anytime people face deficits in their life, they can no longer imagine goodness in their future. So they try to return in their minds to something that used to be. And their imagination of what used to be isn't even true. They glamorize slavery. They glamorize being in Pharaoh's... There were whips there. Do you understand? There there was need there. You've been delivered out of there. You you don't want to go back to there. This is better than there. But they glamorize what used to be. Mm -mm. Mm Mm-mm. Mm-mm. They... Talk about, talk about the good old days, right? So Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle. What do you do when a gang has jumped up against you and they're mad at you? What do you do when there's a riotous crowd? What do you do when there's all this? What do you do when well, you go to the Lord? Moses went to the tent of meeting. He went into the presence of God. In the midst of all of that contention, he went to the presence of God. If my people will humble themselves and pray, go to God. Our answer is not found in the quarrel. Our answer is found in the face of God. And he fell on his face and he listened. Uh, I think maybe we ought to practice falling on our face and listening. Maybe we ought to practice just laying down on our face, humbling ourselves and listening. What do you have to say, God? What are we supposed to do in the middle of this moment? And they got on their face and they listened. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the rod, say the rod, the staff. This is familiar take that with you and your brother Aaron and gather the congregation together and speak to the rock before their eyes and I will yield its water thus you shall bring the water from them out of the rock and give drink to the congregation take that thing, take, take, take that you, 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 you threw it down, it turned into a snake and you picked it up and Pharaoh went oh. you, you, you took that and you touched the Nile and it went to blood you took that and stretched it over the Red Sea and waters parted you remember what's in your hand. Take that thing that gives you comfort. Take that thing that you've trusted in. Take that thing that I gave to you. Take that. Take that with you. I don't want you to use it. You, you used it in the old days. But this is a new day. I don't want you to lean on what you've been leaning on. You've been leaning on that staff, but I don't want you to lean on that staff. I want you to take it because it'll remind you that I've worked with you. But don't, I would say to some of us, don't use what you used to use. There's a new lesson to be had here. You struck it last time. He was crucified once. He'll never be crucified again. The rock is Christ from which we have all drank. The rock represents the Christ. Take the rod, but don't hit the rock. Are you here? In the future, you're not going to strike. You're going to speak. In the future, you're going to solve the quarrels by speaking to the rock, not to the people. You're going to speak to the rock that's higher than I. You're going to speak to the Christ. And out of him is going to come the water that is need. He's going to satisfy the deficits of the land. Not because you crucified him, but because you speak to him. That's prayer. Come on, catch this. 38 years. Take the rod, don't use it. Take the rod, but do not use it. Carry the stick, but don't swing it. How many of you ever carried a stick, but you don't? Listen, real power is not in the stick. It ain't how many weapons you get. It is not in that. We can be the greatest military in the world, but it's not in that it's in God. It doesn't say in the military we trust. It says in God we trust. Look at your money, pull it out. I didn't print it. We printed it. Take it with you. And Moses gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, hear me, you rebels, catch this. You got to hear the tone. You no good whining, complaining bunch of I've led you for 38 years and you're still a bunch of whiny baby complaining. Hear the tone of Moses. He's mad. They found his button. Have they ever found your button? Have you ever been triggered? Come on, there's all this conversation about everybody's got a trigger. Yeah, and, and they can find it. The point is not to tell them not to hit your trigger. The point is, what do you do when they do hit your trigger? I mean, you've got to find a way to deal with what triggers you because the enemy knows right what to do to trigger you. He is a lion going out there, and he's finding a way to go, and then back and laugh at you. Triggers, 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 triggers. They hit you, bunch of rebels. You, You no good. Do I have to do this for you again? I mean, I've been doing this. Have you ever been so triggered that you lost your mind? I bought you an ice cream. I bought you a toy. We've been to the park. We've been to Sonic. And you're still arguing about what you didn't get to do. Bleep, 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 bleep. Right? No you, no, you parents are going, I never do that. That's not what your kids say in children's church. I, My mom and daddy, they bleep, bleep, bleep. Come on, we've all been triggered, right? We have these insecurities down on the inside of us, and you haven't trusted me for 40 years because I have an identity issue. I was raised as a prince of Egypt, but I murdered an Egyptian because I cared about you, but you don't like me because I lived for 40 years as an Egyptian, and so my own people have never really Received me and I've been proving myself to you for the last hundred and twenty years and you still don't because I need your approval, you bunch of rad tag rebels out here that are I mean can I tell you I need your approval. I really do. I, I need you to smile at me and tell me I'm doing okay. Alright? I mean come on. Yeah, it don't ladies, you don't put that on so you feel good, you put that on so he does. You paid too much money for that stuff, and it took you an hour to put it on. But he wa- you walked out, and he went, oh, you look nice. And all of a sudden, it was worth it. Oh, you didn't get it. Guys, I watch you. You walk by, and you go, it will sag. I fall, I'm telling you, this will fall. Never mind, I can't go there. It, 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 they struck him right where it hurt. They, they were complaining, and his self identity was. And so he lifted his hand and he struck the rod twice. Boom, boom. And it worked. Here's the crazy thing it worked. It, it, it worked. I mean, sometimes you can have success at what you do. Mm-mm. But the cost is pretty high. I'm just suggesting to you that the ways you accomplish things might be important. Christians, look at me. Everything is not judged by whether or not it works. Everything is not judged by whether or not it is successful. If you use your anger, your poutiness, and your manipulation to control people, you're going to be lonely. It might work for a while, Moses. But you're not going to get to go into the promised land. Can I just suggest to us that the way we accomplish what we're called to accomplish is as important as the accomplishment. Because you could never make the accomplishment, you're not going to make the water come from the rock. You're just being used. See, they got their need met. But Moses lost his balance. They they got their needs met. They, they they drank from the rock, the water. But because you did not trust, Whew. see, leaders are supposed to reveal the trust. Dad, you're supposed to convey the trust. you, you if if you're listen, one person that trusts God can calm an angry mob. One person that cries out to God can bring peace. Come on. This is our moment to lead. Church, we are the body of Christ. Many members but one. This is our moment to trust in God. 2020 is our moment to trust that God will respond to the deficits of our life. The plan of the enemy is to point out the deficits and lead you into despair. And anything that is used to point out the deficits in me, in you, in our country, shut it off. Oh, you didn't. Because the enemy points out deficits to lead you into despair. All it takes is one person, go, I'm 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 not in despair. I have hope in the Lord. I trust in him. Watch this, I won't even use what I've been using. I'll just ask. I don't have to show you this. All I gotta do is speak. Come on, church. This is good. You can live this. Moses missed it. This. And there were the waters of Meribah. I'm I'm not a scholar in Hebrew but I'm smart enough to go look. The word Meribah went is the word quarrel. Meribah is that place where people get together to quarrel. They get together to complain. They don't want to find solutions. They just want to be noisy. They just want to be loud. They just, they, quarrels destroy relationships. Quarrels are undignified. They're futile. Quarrels are childish. Quarrels. They just get together to quarrel. That's Meribah. They just just quarreled. There was no water there, and they quarreled about whose fault it was. Meribah. It's my new name for Facebook. It is. It's my new name for this place that people get together, not to love on one another, but to just quarrel, just to point out, just to respond, just to be edgy, just to be provocative they gathered together here, here's the sad thing they're six months away from the promised land Can't, they're, from here to that wall They're close to inheriting the promise of God because the closer you get to receiving the inheritance of God, the greater the enemy will try to stir up a quarrel and a conflict within. Because he's recognized he cannot stop us. If he can just get us fighting with each other, he can hinder our forward progress. The greater the conflict, the closer we are to conquering and possessing. We are so close, Brad. We are so close to another dimension of the kingdom of God. And the only tool the enemy does is to get us to quarrel. And right now, we are fighting against people we should be fighting with. We should be fighting with each other, not against each other. We should. Am I making any sense at all this is a time where two or three come together. This is, this, this is that moment, and they, they didn't realize it, but every conflict presents a choice of trust. Every conflict is a teaching moment. And the closer you come to that fulfillment, the greater you are. See, the devil, the devil just wants to stir us, get us quarreling, get us to recognize... Because He knows if we ever stop quarreling and focus on the promise that's in our future, He will never be able to shut us down again. We are so close to seeing healing happen. Just, We are so close. Can I tell you the answer to universal health care is miracles? Well, I need to file. No, wait a minute. Never mind. I'm, I'm going to tell you. Uh-uh. I'm sorry, Stephanie, but if miracles break out, that business is in trouble. Right? But, but I'm here to tell you, I still believe that God wants to just do signs, wonders, and miracles. I, I still believe God can satisfy every deficit of our lives. I still believe that He's the answer to every... Yeah, but do you remember? No, I, I forgot. I choose to forget that and to rely on the promises that are right there. It's funny, the church can argue about what you should wear. I've been pastoring almost 40 years. You know, the big argument is, can you wear that to church? Do we let women talk? I mean, seriously, we make up stuff to argue about. You you have lights, shorts, oh my God, earrings, good God. You know, that pastor over there, he's sick. He shaved his head. I shaved my head because the hair fell out. (laughs) Get over yourself. I thought I was going to lose my mind over that. I caught that. Never mind. We 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 don't just fight other religions. We divide up into subgroups, and (laughs) And the enemy wants us to be disappointed with each other. Hmm. We get disappointed. We get frustrated. We're frustrated and disappointed because you didn't meet my expectations. We're not frustrated with life. We're frustrated that our expectation didn't get met. Well, change your expectation. Ding dong. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I was 19, got married once. Those expectations went out the window about two days later. <laughs> she looked at me and said, you, I'm not June Cleaver and you're not Ward either. And some of you are going to have to Google that to even know what I'm talking about. Expectations. Unrealistic expectations of what the government... I'm sorry, of what Ward ought to be doing. You'll get it in a minute. When you, get, when you get unrealistic in your expectations, you grow happy. I was with somebody the other day and it is in a very serious situation, and I said, are, are you happy? And they looked at me and said... I have no right not to be happy. Can I tell you, that, that, that stunned me. I went out in my car and I wrote it, that I have no right not to be happy. Blessed is the man who's poor in spirit. Happy is the man who recognizes the deficits of his life. Happy is the man that comes to the end of his rope, the message Bible says. When you come to the point to where you can't meet your own needs, be happy because God's about to flow water from a rock. It's okay. I have no right not to be happy. You, you might want to write that down and put it in your back pocket. Next time you have this temptation not to be happy. You have no right not to be, because even when your circumstances look as though they're horrible, God's going to show up in the middle of that circumstance. Listen, if I had been God, I would not have let water come from that rock. You bunch of quarreling, complaining, contentious bunch of rebels, and you ignorant leader that did what you weren't supposed to do, neither one of you get any water. You don't get any water. He doesn't get any water. I'm not giving anything to you. You're complaining and you didn't listen. Go to your room. Come on. Would you have given him another drink of water? I wouldn't have given him another drink of water. See this moment is not about their quarreling and about his disobedience. It's about how God forgives your quarreling, forgives his disobedience and gives you water anyway. Pastor, you preach grace too much. My God, how do you not? I wouldn't have blessed them. I'm with Moses. (laughs) Oh, come on. This story is about how in spite of us, God blesses us. In spite of us, he pours out water in our lives. In spite of us. This is not about what you did to earn anything. This is about how you didn't earn anything. This is the whole message. (laughs) But see, the scheme of the enemy is to get you to look at the deficit, become disappointed with those around you so that you doubt God. And God is about to show everybody you have no reason to doubt me. I bless the just and the unjust alike. I am the same to every man, woman, boy, and girl. You don't think I should save Nineveh, but I will. You don't think I should turn it around, but I will save your enemy. I love your enemy. You don't understand I'm not a man. I'm not Moses. You don't understand. I will come. Moses was but a shadow and a type. I will come and be a man myself. And in the wilderness after 40 days, and I'm hungry, and he said, Turn those stones into bread. I'll say, No, no, I don't need to do that. God is my source. The enemy will take me up and show me and say, go ahead. If you just worship me, I'll give you all of it. You, you can be disappointed. And Jesus stands there. The rock stands there and says, no, no, you don't tip me in this. world." See, the wilderness is where your identity is revealed and he is made known. What you defeat in the wilderness is what you will rule over in the promised land. Listen to me, we may be in a wilderness of deficits at this moment, but if we can resist the temptation to go into despair and disappointment and doubt, we're going to rule in just a minute. Tempted Jesus three times, waited for the fourth one. If you are the Son of God, defend yourself. If you are the Son of God, Call your angels. Moses was ready to and Jesus. You have to see this. Any of the rest of us would have struck back, spoke back, fought back. If you're the son of God, defend yourself. And he goes, I don't have to defend myself. I don't have to I don't have to respond to the mob in the same manner as the mob. And I'm here to contrast to you, me and Moses. Moses was my servant, he built a great house, but he was still just a man. I'm all man and all God. Listen, he's in us. We can either humble ourselves before God and let Christ stand there and lift our arms and turn the other cheek. Go the second mile. Are you listening to me? That's not a suggestion. That's not a high idea. That is Christianity. That's Christianity. I'm sorry, but it loves all people. All right. I'll pray for peace officers, I'll pray for military, I'll pray for black. You hear me. I'll pray for a Democrat, I'll pray for a Republican, I'll pray for an American, I'll pray for a Mexican. Are you hearing me? Why? Because it's the truth. And that's when we go free, that's when we win. Don't buy into the conflicts of the 21st century. Don't buy into them. We're on the edge edge of a manifestation of the kingdom of God that is greater than anything we have ever imagined if we can just keep calm. Listen, don't don't make an enemy out of a brother. Make a brother out of an enemy. Don't do that. Stay, stay, Stay at peace. Stay sober. Resist that resist that lift your hands and let, let the water come out of your life let rivers of water Man, you, you know I'm telling you the truth it's, it's battling around on the inside of you I know it is because this is this is this is this is a new creation this is a new kingdom this is you can't define this by words of the world This is the kingdom of God manifesting in our lives through you and through me where we lay down the stick and lift up our hands. Trust me, Moses. Take our minds back. Don't don't listen to the roar. I want to serve the Lord with all my heart, all my soul, and all my... I want to go into the future with my mind secure, not with anxious, worried. I won't do that. I don't want you to do that. Just because just we step in a room yesterday and we hear a diagnosis, my, my first response, and it's my response to you, is I don't know that I'm going to accept that report. I just don't know. I think I'll resist thinking that science knows all things oh, well, I could take that and go down another road if you'd like for me to. A few of you are going, what? Never mind. But I think I'll resist that a minute. Don't think I'll go alarmist on that. I think when someone points out a deficit or a problem, I think I'll resist panic. Am I doing any good or just up here talking to myself? Moses showed us a shadow and type of what it was to walk through the wilderness. Jesus came to show us how to win in the wilderness. And when he wins in the wilderness, we win. We win. And now the greater one lives in us. And now greater works will happen. And we don't fight force with force. Our weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty through God for the pulling down of the strongholds of our mind. You can trust in the reality of the word that I'm telling you and let go of the power structures of yesterday. Now, you hear me. Humanity lies on the power structures, the rod in their hand. The kingdom of God relies on the Christ that's within. Speak his word. Speak his word. It's right there. We're right there. It's at the door. It's, don't, don't, don't get triggered. <laughs> I, I have triggers. Don't, don't get triggered. Don't. Hmm. Just because I got a moment. It's at baptism that the heavens open. This is my son. It's in the wilderness where the enemy questions that. When you come to Jesus, when, you're back, when you come into God, God says, you're my beloved son. But in life, the enemy does one thing, questions your identity. All of life is to question, you're a daughter? Mm. Then do this. Yeah. No, what you do is as important as what comes. See, Coming to Christ, baptism, I, I I'm I'm a child of God. The wilderness, this life is the enemy questions your identity. Hm Did you get it? We win. We win. Not by striking, but by speaking. It is written it is written it is written we win don't listen to that roar I love you so much that I hope you understand I risk saying things that are provocative I love you so much that I'll risk stepping out in areas it would be easier for me not to it really would but I want your attention because our response to this moment has to be that we repent. The response to 2020 is we have to repent. We have to repent from thinking we know. We have to repent from quarreling with each other. We have to repent. And we have to turn back to God and receive His love, receive His mercy, receive His grace. We have to turn back to one another and heal our relationships. We have to. If my people will call by my this is not a time for motivation. This is not a time I, I can preach motivationally. I can this is a time for some honest conversation. This is this is this is a this is a sobering moment. This is a moment to find balance again. This is that moment. You, you, you so I'm a karate kid nuts. You're one kick away. You They've taken advantage of you and you're nearly crippled, but... But I taught you how to find peace in God. You're one kick away from knocking the devil clear out of the ring. Amen. Come on! Amen. I ought to preach a whole message and show the karate kid. You're, you're, <laughs> you're. Why? Oh, it will not meet who be aggressive, but to be defended. think you got us but you watch this one strike gotta tell you you're gonna wake up one morning and everything we've been fighting in 2020 gonna be over
0: To this week's message from the Father's House. We hope you stay connected by following us online at Father'sHouse.net. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by using TFHHUTCH.